Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, friends, you beautiful people of the internet, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Rotor World Football Podcast. As you know, it is the most important podcast in the universe. I always worry, I'm going to forget to say that because it just comes out naturally because it's the truth. Well, why would Every you be worried week? that you're going to forget to say it? I don't know. But then, I because, you know, when you do intros, Ray... It's not robotic necessarily, but like you do the same one each and every week and it just comes out of your mouth, right? Yeah. I'm worried that one week I'm just going to not say it and then not realize I didn't say it the previous week. I feel like you put way too much thought into the opening of this show that most people just hit the hit the next 15 seconds through. Like I think you've put you put a little too much thought into this. I, w- yeah. I would expect yes. people don't fast forward through because they want to hear the soothing tones of the introduction. Let me know on Twitter. Let Ray know on Twitter if you actually listened to the intro and you didn't skip through it. Well, I'm okay. You talk about ruining intros, Ray. I mean, <laughs> this one's one for the history books. Anyways, I'll get to Ray in a moment. First, thank you all so much for tuning into Rotor World Live. I appreciate it. It's on YouTube every Sunday, noon Eastern. Streaming show, also on Facebook, answering all your questions, bringing in the Rotor World Football crew. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to do it next Sunday if you have not. Also, subscribe to this podcast. This episode on Tuesday, another one on Thursdays that Ray just mentioned, and another one on Fridays. Also, consume all the great Rotor Road football content, also the season pass, and the NFL DFS toolkit. All right, Ray, we've already gone through this intro stuff far too long, but I have to ask you because the people have been clamoring for it. We have to talk Dragon Ball Z just for a moment, okay? Sure. And I'm just going to get super specific here on the first question. Did you like where they took the Gohan storyline in DBZ? <laughs> Um, you know, I haven't really put much thought into it. I, I don't like, I, I can tell you, yeah, I can tell you that I don't like what they've done with Gohan in Dragon Ball Super. Um, I don't like what they've kind of, where they've taken him. So I suppose that that's the natural ending of where they did at the end of Z. So yes, I guess I, I have an issue with it. Yeah. I don't particularly like it. Can we spoil it? You should because you went, you went from beating Cell with Gohan, who yeah. is the first Super Saiyan 2, to them him becoming this teenager who's a bookworm and not caring about anything and not becoming the most powerful fighter in the universe when he could have. And I understand that like, maybe that's, you know, a storyline that has carried on through other people in history, but no, I wanted, you know, teen Gohan to become this super powerful all time great, but instead, no, we just get more Goku and we get more Vegeta. 
Yeah, I don't see that's kind of what it that was what I was pointing out with Super is that it's kind of disappointing that whenever we meet Trunks again, that we can't have this kind of pairing, this natural pairing that should have existed, right? That we right. would expect would have existed after the Cell Saga. And so I, that was very disappointing. But on the other hand, I kind of understand like they made, artistic seems like too strong of a word here, but they made an artistic choice to take and say that just because you're this powerful doesn't mean that you have to exert it. You could have other interests, right? You can be Bjorn Borg and you can just walk away at the top of the game because you wanted yeah. to do something else. And I, and I guess that in Super, they explore his like family life a little more and it, it seems to be really important to him. And so maybe that's just an interesting artistic discussion. But like, I understand what you're saying about what could have been. There is, there's no way that like more than four people are interested in this conversation. Well, good. This is when they fast forward, right? And now we'll move on to football. There's so much more we could get into, and we probably will at later dates, but just know that whenever the Tuesday episode of the podcast, you can just fast forward through the first few minutes if you want to. All right, Ray, let's start off, because you're writing the waiver wire column, um, with a running back that has four touchdowns in three games. His name is Buck Allen, but people might be looking at those touchdowns in order to pick him up, and considering picking him up, should they actually pick him up? I think that First of all, Jesse, he would say that his name is Javoris Allen. He's very, very, very clear about that. I haven't figured out why yet. I'm going to continue to call him Buck because I can say that a little bit better. I think at this point you need to add him because it's clear the Ravens are going to continue to use him. I don't like that. I don't think most of fantasy Twitter likes that, but it's just clear that that's what's going to happen. John Harbaugh came out after the game on Sunday and said that they really like the player that Allen is developing into which, I mean, he's he's averaged 1.25 yards per carry in the last two games. Even if you take his goal line carries out of the equation, he's averaging 2.3 yards per carry. He's been a just a much worse player than Alex Collins, but they're going to keep using him, and that means that he's going to continue to get chances at touchdowns. He has four carries inside the five in three games. That's three more than Alex Collins has. He has at least nine touches in every game so far this season. If he's going to continue to get those usage, I think he probably needs to be rostered in all leagues. What I will say is that the floor when he doesn't get a touchdown, which is going to happen, is going to be very, very low. And so that, that keeps him out of more than like a, a flex play. But if he's getting those touchdowns, I, I think he probably needs to be rostered. We talked about this prior to the podcast starting that for the first two weeks, you know, we, we kind of can make assumptions on what a player is, what he can be. But that's even more difficult when a player is a rookie. And so with Calvin Ridley having the awesome day that he had this past weekend, and yeah, he has been productive in the first two games, but now it seems like he's the every down player, unless I'm wrong, opposite Julio Jones. And that can be a favorable situation to be in, obviously, in this offense. Yeah, and I did not have him as high as I probably should have last week. There were just so many wide receivers last week that it was you know, it was difficult to to get everybody maybe where they should go. I should have been more aggressive with him last week because we saw the beginnings of him becoming the number two wide receiver. And like you said, that's what he is now. He has a 20.6% target share over the last two weeks. It wasn't just last week. He has been getting those targets. He has three red zone targets to zero for Julio Jones in these last two games. Now, obviously that's microscopic sample size, but I, it is important to note that he has been working that way. He's still playing fewer snaps than Mohamed Sanu, but he's been working on that way. And I also want to say Matt Ryan is on absolute fire right now. Since that Philadelphia game, since the disappointing red zone struggles in that game, he's completed 77.8% of his passes. He's at 10.3 yards per attempt average his last two games. 
Their schedule coming up is not scary at all. They get the Bengals, the Steelers, the Bucks, and the Giants before their bye week. I think everything points to this being real for Calvin Ridley. I, I think we both agree that he's a talented player and a player that should be able to produce early in his career based on his skill set. So I, I look at all of this and I think that this is real. I want to go out and get him if he ha- wasn't picked up last week. And I'm willing to put in those, you know, those big bids, those 30% bids to go out and get him. Because if he's the clear number two in this offense, that that could be really good things for him. We closed out Sunday's show, again, uh, Roto Alive, which you can check out on YouTube or Facebook, with our player on the rise. And that was Tyler Boyd. It was a great call from Reeves and I because he went out and was awesome against the Carolina Panthers, both before A.J. Green's injury and after. And it follows up another great week, too, Ray. So not only should I think, obviously, Tyler Boyd be rostered, there's a chance moving forward that we forget that he was an undrafted guy in most fantasy leagues and consider starting him each week. Yeah, I think that that's within the realm of possibilities. My concern last week, I had him as an ad last week as well. Again, like with Ridley, I didn't have him maybe as high as I should have. But my concern coming off of that that Thursday night breakout was I wasn't sure if the upside was real because it's a guy who averaged 10.9 yards per catch with three total touchdowns and 113 targets over his first two seasons. So I didn't know what that was going to be. And you say he was good before before AJ Green left, and that is true. But I mean, he was he was had caught four passes for 46 yards. So it's kind of right. right there in that Tyler Boyd range. It was at halftime too, basically, like sure. around that at time. Yeah, sure. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying that that looks like a Tyler Boyd stat line, if you know what I'm saying. But- <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> but then he comes out. Then he comes out after AJ Green leaves. He catches a couple of long passes, has a long touchdown, seventy-six yards, and a touchdown after AJ Green left the game. And you go, all right, if this is the kind of guy he's going to be, then then yeah, he needs to be rostered everywhere. I'm very sure the targets are going to stick around, especially with how John Ross is playing. He's averaging about eighteen percent of the targets right now. We have no idea what's going to happen with AJ Green. They really wouldn't talk about the injury on Monday. Yeah, you need to pick up Tyler Boyd everywhere. And like you said, I think that. There's a there's a pretty good chance that he's going to be starting in lineups this week. Yeah, you know when they cut Brendan LaFell pretty early on in camp, a lot of us thought that okay, now they truly believe in John Ross. And really, I'm not saying John Ross is just a decoy player, but John Ross is kind of just like a decoy player right now. And the one who's benefiting from those opportunities that Brandon LaFell left behind certainly seems like Tyler Boyd. So and he's playing what inside and outside now. So that certainly helps his case. Um, Before we move on to more wide receivers, Ray, I need to talk about our friends over at draft.com. I know many of you play DFS and weekly fantasy football. This is a bit different than those other platforms. There's no salary cap. Instead, you go and do your normal snake drafts with live participants. You know, they have five player leagues. They have bigger ones than that. They also have auction drafts as well. And if you go to draft.com slash rotoworld or enter Promo code ROTOWORLD when you download the app and it's available on any app store, you get a free money entry and leagues are filling up every single minute. As soon as they are full, they start drafting. Again, that's our friends over at draft.com. Download the app on the app store and use draft.com slash ROTOWORLD or promo code ROTOWORLD. All right, Ray, keep it going with Geronimo Allison, who has Aaron Rodgers' faith and respect. I think that Allison is someone who could end up on this list for a very long time. I think that people are going to really look at adding him because of the reason you said is that he's the number three receiver and we'll see what happens with Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb has not been very good uh, the last two games after that long touchdown. In two week years. One. 
Thank you. After that long touchdown in week one, it hasn't been it hasn't been very good for him for sure. And so you look at that and you say, all right, I want to add him. But then you also go and look and say, well, he's clearly been the number three receiver. He had two catches. One of them happened to be a, a long touchdown, but he had two catches in this game in week three. There was, you know, really all of his production came off of that. And so you go, all right, well, I don't really know what to do with this guy. I'm not sure I'm going to feel very comfortable putting him in my lineup. So it's it's one of those where he might be already rostered in as many leagues as he should be at 34% of Yahoo leagues. But I still think that he's someone, if you have an open bench spot and you need someone to put there, he makes a lot of sense because he is the number three receiver on an Aaron Rodgers offense who could become the number two receiver. And as we get into the bye weeks, especially when the big bye weeks show up, I think that he is going to be worthy of starting. I'm not sure if I'm going to have him as a top 40 option every week over the next couple of weeks, but I do think that he's going to get in that flex conversation, especially as the bye weeks come up. Tell me about Cameron Meredith uh, because they signed him to a contract, the Saints. He didn't play very much. I don't even think he played much this week, but he found the end zone, right? Well, yeah, I'm not going to overreact to that to him finding the end zone. But I will say that he played 43% of the snaps, which this this is his first, this was his first game active with the saints. And if you think about it, you say, all right, he was inactive the first two weeks. That's certainly a, you know, a, a black mark against him, but you can kind of explain those away by saying, all right, he missed a large chunk of training camp. He was coming back from an ACL tear. You say, all right, it makes sense that he was inactive. He comes in. This is his first game with the team. He plays 43% of the snaps. He plays more snaps than Traquan Smith. He plays more snaps than Austin Carr. And you say, then he, and he gets an end zone target and you say, all right, we kind of expected this guy to develop into that kind of number two or three receiver for this team. It looks now like he's on that trajectory. Like I said, with Calvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd, where I wasn't as aggressive as maybe I should have been last week. I think it's time to be aggressive with guys like this and say, all right, if I have a bench spot open, especially in deeper leagues, Let's put this guy on my bench. We're not going to start him this week, but let's see what happens. Let's see if he can develop into that role that we kind of anticipated he would. And if he does, great. And if he doesn't, I cut him and I go on to that next guy. And there and there are a couple people like that on the wire. We have Cortland Sutton, who played mm-hmm. just one fewer snap than Demarius Thomas, and who I think is just a really talented player. We have James Washington, who's playing as we record this podcast. We have Christian Kirk, who will see what happens in that Cardinals offense as – Josh Rosen takes over and Rosen seemed to really, you know, like Kirk at least at the end of that game. So there are lots of options there who I I think those are the kind of guys you're going to pick up and and put on your bench. And if it doesn't work out in two weeks, you cut them and that's fine. But they're the kind of guys I'm looking at as a look ahead kind of receivers. And I know in your waiver wire column, you have them ranked. Is this how you would have them ranked with Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, Allison, and then Cameron Meredith? Not to put you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, I think that that's how I'll, how it'll end up with them. Okay. Uh, Meredith will certainly be lower than those other three, and it, and Ridley Boyd, and then Allison somewhere in between. Yeah, that makes about sense. That makes sense. Uh, I'm going to ask you a personal question, sure. Because, and I, I'm sure this applies to some people out there. Marlon Mack was dropped in one of my leagues. I have the number one waiver priority. Should I spend it on Marlon Mack, even though it's going to be a committee backfield? And I, he was out again this week, correct? Yeah, I'm not. He was out. Yeah, I'm not spending a whatever one waiver so. party. I don't know what you're getting with Marlon Mack. I exactly. I think that Jordan Wilkins is a better player. Obviously, it doesn't matter what I think because because the coaches are going to do what they want to do. But just 
just for what it's worth. I think Wilkins is a better player. He played better in the one game they were both active. Wilkins was shut down by Philadelphia, but lots of people are, and it seemed like they wanted to game plan more of Naeem Hines, who played a lot more snaps than Wilkins in that game. But I'm still not that worried about that. And the best-case scenario for Mac is that he comes in and he and he's the quasi-lead of a three-person committee, and that's just... It's just not that exciting. It's certainly not exciting enough to spend a number one waiver priority on. Talk to me about Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert looked good against the Panthers, caught a number of difficult balls thrown his way. Yeah, and tight end is just plain nasty. It's just ugly out there at tight end. It's It's real bad. Except for Vance McDonald, who is performing like the best tight end in football history as we were recording this podcast. That's right. Love me some Vance McDonald. I need to stay healthy, please. Stay healthy, Vance. You and John Brown stay (laughs) healthy and all of my dreams, all of my dreams will come true. But we lost another tight end over the weekend with Evan Ingram. We don't know if Evan Ingram, you know, how long he's going to be out. It seems like it's going to be a couple weeks. But there might be some hope out there. Tyler Eifert, he's rostered in 51% of Yahoo leagues, so he's just over the threshold. But that means he's still available in 49% of leagues, and his usage has been really promising the last two weeks. He's played around 65% of the snaps each of the last two weeks. He's run 65 routes in those two games, which is tied for sixth most among tight ends, according to Pro Football Focus. And like you said, he actually kind of put it on the board against the Panthers with six catches for 74 yards. He still doesn't have any targets inside the 10, which is disappointing for sure. But you would expect that to change for a guy of his skill set, especially if A.J. Green, you know, was forced to miss time. So I, I'm looking at the wire and saying, all right, who could actually be a savior for these these teams that lost Delaney Walker, lost Greg Olson, who lost Evan Ingram? Tyler Eifert, if he's out there in your league, he could he could certainly be that player. Uh, Ray, let's close out with deep cuts. Uh, Miami receivers did a lot with very little opportunity this weekend. Yeah, Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant both had two touchdowns. One of them they had together because Albert Wilson threw it to Jakeem Grant. So, so there you go. And I know it's excited to, to. I know it's easy to get excited by these guys once they have big plays, especially and since touchdowns. you know Jakeem Grant he leads the Dolphins in targets right now. Wow. I, th- yeah, that's a real stat. I'm going to give you a second. Everybody out there, I'm going to give you a second to look that up and confirm it because I know that it's unbelievable. Check Ray's math. But yeah, he leads the team in targets right now. Uh, the problem you have is that Wilson did all of his damage on 10 snaps. Grant did all of his on nine snaps. This was the first game with Devontae Parker back in the lineup, and Parker played quite a few snaps and kind of pushed those guys down the rotation. And perhaps they get more work now, but there's really not that much work to get because the Dolphins – just aren't running that many plays. They're on pace to run 827 plays, which is a full hundred fewer than the Bengals ran last season in last place and plays run. So there's just not that much upside here. That's, by the way, a big concern for Kenny Stills as, as well. Just something to, while we're talking about, something to file away. But there's just not that much upside here. So, you know, other deep league guys like James Washington is available in more than 95% of leagues. Christian Kirk, I talked about those guys earlier. Those are better people to have on your bench than Albert Wilson and Jacqueline Grant, in my opinion. Ray, thank you for joining me, and thank you for five minutes of Dragon Ball Z talk. I appreciate it. <laughs> then we're going to title this episode, like you know how they do the weird titles for DBZ, because it's obviously a translation from yeah. Japanese. I'm going to try to do that and manage that for this episode. They could be about Vance McDonald. And it has an exclamation point on it, right? It, like there's a question a, mark it, and an exclamation point, it has to. It, there needs to be multiple points of punctuation if you're doing yep. a true Dragon Ball title. Okay, Ray will be back on Thursday with Nick and Richard. I will be back on Friday with Evan and Pat. 
And then we'll all be together as one on Sunday for Roto World Live. So until then, check out Ray's Raver column, and we appreciate you. And we'll talk to you all soon. See ya. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 